Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, hi, it's The Ruck. So many podcasters shutting down for the summer. Pathetic, really. They've lost momentum if they ever had any, and uh, they're now deserting you to have a nice rest. The Ruck never sleeps. We have broadcast every single week since September 2019. No gaps, no bottling it. And from week one of the Lions Tour, we will be going twice weekly to bring you news and inside info on the tour from On The Spot, with Owen, Slot and I following the tour. Slotty, the South African government have declared a, a 10pm curfew every night. How will this affect the normal rhythm of your tour? Well, I, I'm, I'm thinking that we're going to be a sort of a more of a team of morning tourists than nighttime tourists as a tradition. Yes. We'll, we'll be up at sort of five, six o'clock and um, some exercise, 18 holes of golf and then uh, cryotherapy. A quick smoothie and then um, time for bed. Well, there's a, there's not many smoothies in our party, I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> we've also got with us today Adam Hathaway, the King of Fleet Street. Uh, Adam re- recently c- uh, completed a sensational achievement following a piece he wrote for the Faroe Islands Gazette. He's now written for <laughs> every paper in the UK. Adam, you were at Saracens. Let's get the yeah. hottest news first. Saracens are back up. What was the atmosphere like there? What will they be like next season? They're definitely going to be contenders next season. I think what they've done in the Championship this year has been fantastic. Shows the gulf between the Premiership and the Championship. But you've got to remember, they, Ealing might be the best team in the Championship. Saris are probably still the best team in Europe. I think the way they've approached the way they've approached the whole thing has been great. It was a great atmosphere yesterday. They only had 2,000 fans in there, but it was absolutely rocking. I'm delighted to see them back in the Premiership. I'm not sure many of their bitter rivals will be that pleased to see him because I think they mean business again. Athens, can I ask a question on, on Saris and its development? They, they had a kind of a, an opportunity or, or Mark McCall was, was saying it was an opportunity for the, the, the kind of the next generation to get up to speed. So when they go up back up to the Premiership next season, they'll obviously have the, the, the big old soldiers and they'll have the returning troops like the, you know, the Ben Earls and the Max Malins and the Nick Ezequies. But of the, um, of, that new, of the new generation, who do you reckon is sort of um, ready to step up and 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 be be the sort of the next generation of Saracen superstars? They've got Lazowski coming back as well, but out of the new guys, who one of whom was name checked yesterday is the prop Ralph Adams Hale. Yeah, he's he very good, very good, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Adams, he's Adam a, Ralph Hale. Exactly, and he's had a, a big run in the championship, playing in the front row against you know old men basically, which is going to be good for him. They've got this new this other new guy who they signed from Jersey, Alec Carey. I think they'll they'll be fine because remember their five lions will be they'll miss the start of the prem season, but there's yeah. plenty coming through. I, I I think that they still need two players. I think they need a, a an iron man in midfield to to take over from Brad Barrett because all their players 
They've got some lovely players there, but all slightly much of a muchness in terms of style. I also think they, they've got to replace Will Skelton uh, with, with, with a lot. But look, fair enough. Um, oh, and I, before we go into specifics of the Premiership, what has happened to the, to the Gallagher Premiership? Because it, it, is, it, it is famed, or it was famed throughout the world for being a 9-3 mudfest, boring and all that. The last six or seven weeks is absolutely flown. What is the, what is the reason for that? I know it's, it's been bloody extraordinary, hasn't it? I mean, it, I don't think it's, there's, there's never been a passage of rugby sort of over consecutive weeks like that in in Premiership history. I would I would Agreed. safely say. I mean, um, you, you, you've watched Premiership from the start since the 1970s or whenever it was. Um, but but uh, I mean, no, it, 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 it's it's um, this has been unprecedented. The, the number of tries uh, uh, per game on average has sort of slowly crept up year on year over the last decade. And it's, mm. we're now um, uh, kind of 50% more um, across the season than a decade ago. But, but certainly the last month has, has just, just been extraordinary. What's the reason? Well, the first thing you'd say is summer rugby. I, I think that's, that's, that's the most obvious reason. And then you've got the other things coming to it. The refereeing, has it been more sympathetic to, a, to, a, to, to, to less... Um, Stopping and starting. Almost every game, you know, there's been, there's been talk about no jeopardy and that. Almost every game's had something in it or, or, uh, right up until the end of, uh, of the Premiership. Yet, yet still, there's been a, a spirit of let's go for it rather than let's let's be concerned about making an error. And, and that's that's what's prevailed. And, and and that's what we saw on Saturday. It was all about the semi-finals traditionally are let's not make an error, let, let's build a score um, and, and, and stop the others from playing. But, but the opposite is, is the case now. A- amazing. Absolutely. And, and incidentally, just for if there are any technical uh, deficiencies in our broadcast today, it's because um, Mike, our producer, is a massive Harlequins fan. He's gone completely berserk since the weekend. We've had to lock him in a cupboard. So um, we're producing it ourselves. But Adam, you and I were well away at halftime. We sat next to each other at Ashton Gate, uh, 28-0. We can get our intros done, go home early. But didn't quite turn thinking, out like that. I was thinking about getting the uh, 3.30 train, but that didn't work out with the extra time. It's funny, a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking to uh, Barnsley at Sandy Park before one of the games. And he and I generally agreed that if Harlequins wanted to play one team in the semi-finals, it'd be Bristol, because they did run them close a few weeks prior to that. And... The way they picked their squad for that away game at Sale that Friday night um, tended to think that they settled for fourth place mm. and playing and play Bristol. Now, obviously, that all t- turned to dust when they were 28-0 down after half an hour and we were looking completely stupid. But um, the way they came back was incredible. Also, you know, let's face it, the, the way that Bristol kind of let them get away with it was incredible. Um, I, well, I think Charles Piotel going off was, was massive, and, and Quinn's yeah, had sure. one chance. They just had to throw everything into attack. But actually, to be perfectly fair to them, they didn't just do it willy nilly. They played some really accurate and fast moving rugby. Oh, and what, what what did you think of it? I mean, in my opinion, there was some beautiful stuff, sorcery from Bristol in the first half, and some sorcery from uh, from Harlequins in the second half. Is that how you saw it? Yeah, I think um, Bristol's first half, or Bristol's twenty-eight nil, was a was a more accurate than Harlequins' comeback. I don't think Harlequins were were actually particularly 
poor in the first half. They they, they were forced into making mistakes because Bristol were, were were so intense. The, the second half, I, I you, there, there was a drop off from the Bristol team, which kind of allowed Harlequins at it. So I oh, know you you're, you're you're comparing two incredible phases, of, two incredible halves halves of attacking, but. Uh, I thought Bristol, although they ultimately lost, I thought their 28 mil start was the, the, uh, as good an attacking display as I've seen maybe ever. Absolutely. I totally agree. There was one try where they managed to get around um, uh, Semi Radrada around the corner in, in a, br- a beautiful move. And my goodness, it was brilliant. But what about, um, you know, the, these are experienced world class players and they will never. I suggest recover completely from that. But on the other hand, Harlequins, um, not so much world renowned players, Adam, but my goodness, some of them could be the likes of Liner and um, Mike Brown's replacement at fullback. Yeah, but also some of those world renowned players, Marler and Kerr, were fantastic at the weekend as well. Yes, agreed. Um, yeah, Lewis Liner was, was terrific when he got his hands on the ball. And what he did, what I love to see from wingers, he actually came off his wing and looked for it. And, and Green was superb. He's been tutored by the great man, Mike Brown, over the last few weeks. And, it, yeah, he stood out. Martin, pretty good. Yes, yeah. But I reckon they might struggle, they might struggle against Exeter. Yeah, well, that's the next question, Owen. Exeter are, are not a, a sort of a team to, to throw the ball about willy-nilly or, or, indeed, to attack from all points. But have they got just too much experience or... Uh, Carlequins, can they really go for it again, as they did in the second half, and maybe have a chance? Every stage of the Harlequins' comeback since, um, you know, not not the Harlequ- not, not not the comeback on Saturday, but the comeback since the, since the start of the year when they changed their um, coaching setup. At, at every stage, they started knocking off some big teams and some big wins. You think, oh, they're going to be found out next time, or well, they'll be found out next time, and. When they were twenty-eight nil down on Saturday, but well, that's what it looks like when you found out Quinn. Yeah. You know, you you come up against someone, a team that really knows how to beat you. And uh, I I still feel the same going into into this Saturday's final. I think they'll be found out, but they 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 keep on proving us wrong, and it's it's delightful to watch. Rob Baxter said it after Exeter's own semi-final on on Saturday. He, he said he said against a team like Quinn's who just want to play. The, the the priority is to stop them having the ball because then they can't do so. So I think Exeter, who are pretty good when they play a tight game, will play a tighter game than normal. And, and actually, uh, what an achievement it would be for either team if, if they, you know, whoever wins is a great achievement by Quinns, but also to, for, for Exeter to keep on going. But uh, Owen, um, let me just ask you this. Um, we're talking about spectacular rugby. Um, it's only a few months since we had the Autumn Internationals and Eddie Jones said, there's no way you can play this sort of rugby. You've got to kick the ball up in the air. <laughs> is Eddie now, are Eddie's England slightly under pressure to, to come up with some, uh, some sort of answer to the way the premiership is going and to, to, to have this attacking game in the internationals in the summer? No. I mean, yes, but no. I mean, you could say that, that or we, sorry, we... It, it, if 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 we, as in the media and social media, ex players, the people who who apply pressure in inverted commas, yeah, maybe people will be saying, you know, what well, where's the decent rugby, Eddie? But we know this guy too well to to even consider the idea that he'll be moved by what the sort of the current moors are on the on the TV and and in the media. He'll he'll do whatever whatever he thinks best, 
and maybe that will be scoring tries. But uh, he, he's never been bothered by what other people say or think. And, the, you know, this Lions tour where the likes of Sam Simmons are, are, are being picked or Elliot Daly's being picked as a centre, etc. You know, I, I don't think he'll be moved by that either. But um, I agree with you, Owen. But I tell you what, I think it's about time he was moved by it because at the moment... Eddie is coming across more and more like a lighthouse with everything going around him. He's there like a Belisha beacon, uh, ignoring everything around him. And actually, it is to his cost. And I think it's, there's a certain pomposity uh, uh, about his attitude. We just go on to England. Uh, Adam, um, you've got a famous book in which you, you, you list everyone who's ever been invited by Eddie to an England <laughs> squad. What numbers are we up to now with the latest intake? Must be a very fat book, Adam. It is a very fat book. Well, actually, I haven't had time to update it this week, but the most, when I did it last time, which was during Six Nations, we were up to 161. 161. I reckon, yeah, I reckon he's, he, he would have, he's definitely over 180 players who've been into camp at some point since he took over. It, does, that, <laughs> does that strike you as faintly ludicrous, Adam? Well, I'm just disappointed I haven't been in. Oh, well, I, I just think it's it's uh, it's a ludicrous number. And uh, I was going back to Sir Clive in 2003. Uh, the team was all set out for that World Cup 18 months in advance. The only one who came in from outside that group was Josh Lucy. But the, 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 there we go. And I said, James, you, I, I'm all for, um, I, I'm all for uh, having a laugh at Eddie's expense on his 200-odd uh, people he's brought into the squad in the, over the... Over the years, but we, we, it's, and so he's, he's got he's got this um this England squad now. Which how many of them are on cap now, Adam? Is it twenty uh, two? Is it thirty four player England squad? Twenty two on cap. So that I mean it does sound a bit silly, but you've got to remember that this time four years ago he brought in two Curries, Joe Cocker, singer Sam Underhill, uh, Nick Ezekwe. Uh, anyway, players who were pretty quickly pretty quickly became um England players, and then. And then Curry and Underhill um, became two of the, the best players in the World Cup. So let's see what happens. You, it, I, I'm fascinated to see who out of this group of players that many of whom we don't really know very well might actually make it. I think it's really interesting. It doesn't strike me that spotting Tom Curry and Sam Underhill was the greatest feat of selection ever. ever. Well, well, I say, Curry was 18. I think Underhill was 19. No one had heard of Cock and the Singer at that time. He hadn't played a single game in the Premiership. Well, no one's heard of him since, so have they? Well... Well, we didn't see him on that tour in Argentina because he didn't he, play. Yeah, because he went there. He he learned he, he yeah. learned about the the the, the, uh, the the standards required to be an international player. I still believe that had he not been injured going into the Rugby World Cup, he could have been um he could have been a world beater for England. Oh, do, do I sense um a, a bit of a boat turn here, Owen? Because I've got a quote you which says you think Eddie should go. <laughs> nope, never said that. I, okay. I know I know people are gonna. Have, hold that against me. I, what I said after the Six Nations was that I, I am now convinced that there are other coaches that would more, be more likely to win the next World Cup for England than Eddie. Yeah. I still think, still think he could do it himself. In, in an ideal world, I'd bring in Rob Baxter at the drop of a hat, but Rob's not going to leave Exeter and um, England aren't going to sack Eddie, so it's kind of irrelevant. OK, well, we, we've got three internationals coming up. One is an A international, and then we've got uh, the USA. Uh, sadly, the USA will be with AJ McGinty, but... Uh, it's very important that the opposition prove to be a, a proper measure there. We should now mention the United Rugby Championship. Nothing like having a great pompous and over, overwhelming title 
But the United Rugby Championship next year will be uh, the Pro 14 teams and the, uh, the, the top South African provinces. Now, the competition got off to a bizarre start, albeit a, a COVID-reduced competition, when Benetton Treviso, who had not won a single game in what is a fairly feeble uh, regular season, have taken the title by beating the, the, the top South African province. It is a bizarre thing. Uh, Owen, it sounds great in a way, but is it not unwieldy? In my opinion, it is a desperate gamble. No, I think it's really. I think it's quite exciting, actually. the The Pro Four team was just just run out of steam and run out of interest and wasn't really working. Uh, so you bring in the four biggest South African teams. That's exciting. They've done what the Premiership has talked about, which is reduced number of games, and they've completely separated their club games from the international uh, windows. So there's no overlap. So there, there's fewer fewer games, bigger interest. By bringing in South Africa, they're going to force um, the big Irish players, Leinster, to pick their uh, be- their better players more of the time. So um, so standards will go up. So I think it's good. It's, it's much better than it's going to be than it was before. At one point, we might see um, you know the Bulls competing with Saracens in the European Cup final, which won't probably be called the European Cup final, mind. Adam, uh, European Cup final, the, the Super Rugby ended up as a complete disaster. Why should we give anyone um, a hiding place in the European Cup? Why should the South Africans be in that? Well, I think they're going to end up in the Six Nations sooner or later, so it's probably the first step towards that. I don't totally agree with it, but I do agree with Slotty's point that it might make teams like Leinster field proper teams in, the, uh, in that tournament because people like Sexton never play in it. Sexton has played once in Wales in his whole career. I cannot see, I absolutely cannot see South Africa's Springboks coming all that way for every game. And I certainly cannot see Ireland's players going all the way down there. It'll be home match dominance against a weakened visiting team. That, that, That is a different hemisphere. It's unwieldy and they've made a gigantic balls up is my considered opinion. So would you kept it the way it was before, Jonesy, when it was when it was just really very lame? Well, the, the key to it was um the, 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 the revival of Welsh club rugby, which is absolutely shocking. Cardiff have gone the right way by ditching the utterly preposterous blues moniker. Hopefully Newport do the same. And uh, Welsh club rugby has become an absolute joke. Now, if those four teams or three of the four uh, live up to some part of their history and start playing properly, then you don't need you don't need South Africa. I think everyone needs a, a domestic competition, a local thing, a community v community, derby against derby, and just just bugging in good teams, however wherever they are, just doesn't. It doesn't fit, I'm afraid. It's never worked before, and um, I think they've just gone too far. It sounds great, but I think there's a desperation there. And um, there was a there was a re- release from the, one of the TV companies that says next year all 161 games of the new competition will be live. For God's sake, anyone who watch, anyone who watches all those deserves a, the George Cross. Athos, do you think Jonesy needs to brighten up a bit today? He's a bit negative on everything, isn't he? (laughs) 
I just had an eye appointment. I can't see the screen properly. That's what it is. No, I'm not negative. I, I understand. Well, see, see, if you, see if you can look, look on the sunny side. Okay. Well, it's pissing around here. There's no, isn't there a sunny side? Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. High time we went back to uh, the Lions, everybody. They fed what is meant to have been a, a valuable camp. Uh, tomorrow they announce their team to play Japan. Uh, first of all, slightly odd fixture, but uh, all three of us were in Japan. Uh, had a brilliant time. Loved the rugby, loved our time there. Loved the accommodation we were in. And um, it's great to, in, in one sense to have them back, uh, especially now that Tia's system is going to be demolished. But who do they pick against Japan, Adam? And are the people who play in that game the people who are, at the moment, not front runners to play in the tests? Well, it's probably just picking who's available, isn't it? I mean, no one from Exeter, no one from... Well, obviously, there's no Harlequins in the, in the squad. The Saris lads all played yesterday, although they're, they're going to Jersey today. He's, he's, only, he's, got, a, he's got a squad of 37, of, of which 26 have been... There and training, so you know, twenty three for the game. Yeah, so there's only really three people who might might feel slightly hard done by if they're not selected. Well, um, they'll be devastated. What are you looking for in the game, Owen? And first of all, tell me this: which is the bigger game this weekend? The climax of the Premiership, which has been magnificent, and the game between the Lions and Japan. Do you know what, Jonesy? That is a really good question because you and I, and I suspect most of the rugby correspondents are going up to Murrayfield for the Lions because the Lions are the Lions and we think the Lions are the the greatest thing that that ever happened to rugby. But given the way the Premiership's gone, I I kind of feel that that game is bigger, maybe better. The, the 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 Lions game, you know, more people will watch it because it's it's the Lions. Uh, but it, it it's just the start of something massive. It's the start of a, of a building process. Whereas the Premiership final is is the culmination. It's the end. It, it's 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 the, it, it's it's massive, and it, it could, as we've been discussing, could be a brilliant game. So um, I wonder if we got that slightly wrong. Actually, I might change my ticket. Adam, uh, just b- before um the dog barks the house down. What you as the king of. Oh. Just hang on a second, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Jonesy just come back from sorting. Jonesy, what sort of a dog is it? Uh, it's a Labrador. It's a Labrador. Uh, what, he's getting on a bit now, but uh, he just saw off the delivery man. I can tell you that. The delivery, uh, when I opened the door, the delivery man was rushing down the drive with a dog chasing him. As the king of Fleet Street, Adam, which do you expect to get more orders from? Uh, the Lions game or the Premiership final? Well, I've... Um already hung my hat on the Premiership final. I will get plenty of work there. I think it's a better game as well. Slot is right. This is just a 
Lions for Japan is just an hors d'oeuvre. It's not the Lions, is it? No, it's not. It's Only not. In name. But, well, it, it's not, but I mean, I do think that, okay, the Lions are just massive. It's a difficult one, and it's one we're going to have to debate, and no doubt all the readers and, uh, sorry, all the listeners will be uh, having the same debate. But, um, yeah, okay, well, there's two decent games. Um, Owen, how much are we looking forward to the Lions tour? It's, it's, it's slightly sparse in terms of the prospect of fun games, sight, sightseeing, uh, etc. That's not anyone's uh, hassle but, but our own, but we chose to go. But uh, are we looking forward to it? Well, yeah, there's there's natural apprehension because we'll be leaving the UK, which is opening up, also we're told, and we're going to South Africa, which is closing down pretty closing fast. Down, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they've they've um their figures today for uh, for a number of um uh, the rate of the spread of, of COVID um is the highest that it's been for for ages and and as we well know south africa they haven't really got a clue how how, how bad it is so that, that's the um that's the downside of it but whichever way you look at it going on a lions tour is magic you know if you're if you're lucky enough to be in our job then you like what you do by definition and um and the the the, the lions the, the journey of a lions tour is is as magical as it gets and I, I think I think the spell will be cast, whichever way you look at it. Well said, well said. Let's just look forward now to um, the, the 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 two games, especially the Premiership final. We have discussed it. Uh, it will be slightly undervalued or slightly less of an occasion because they've cropped away some of the crowd, which is a great a great shame. Is it still? Will it still be a big occasion, Adam? Uh, I know you'll be covering it for seventeen papers, but will it still be a big occasion? And it, will it surely, uh, for Exeter to win and to triumph, will be another uh, leap forward for for this great club? I could do without the five thirty kickoff, to be honest. But um... oh, sorry, hang on then. Somebody get the RFU on the phone. The the uh, the King of Fleet Street wants a slightly earlier kickoff. Okay, yeah, uh, that's been done. If they could do it for one fifteen, that'd be perfect. Okay, um, yeah. it, would be, it would be great for Exeter. I mean, they've been to the last six finals without Saracens. They're clearly the best team in the country, and I think they'll win handily because, as Slotty said earlier, I think they'll try and keep the ball away from Quinns. I think it'd be a great game, great occasion. It's just a shame they've only got ten thousand in. It should be yes. absolutely rocking. We should all be in the car park beforehand. Jonesy, okay. do you think? Um, do you think that Rob Baxter will um offer to give uh, Stuart Hogg, the Scotland captain, a start or um? Or is he just a bench player now? That's a very good question. I have to say that if it was me, I would have chosen the team that Rob Baxter chose. I think Jack Nell is a magnificent player. Uh, he's a he's a talisman. Uh, he gives the team such energy, and I think that uh, Stuart is a is a really popular player in Scotland. But I think he's really at the back of the queue now to play Test matches for. Um, and uh, I think that was a very significant thing, a typical Baxter thing. Uh, the team always comes first. Did, don't, don't you think so yourself? I thought it was really smart and it kept players on, on, on the edge, uh, etc. It, it, it left me wondering. I, mean, I, I, I hate the fact that um, what, what, what I'm going to say, I, I, I'm disappointed in that, that you, we often watch things and then filter it through. The, what, what does it mean for England? But 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 could now be the the England fullback. I mean, you know, he's got everything that's required for, isn't he? I I, I think so, and I think he's. Um, I, I well, to be honest, I I would pick him. I I think that Elliot Daly's always looked slightly 
slightly ill at ease at fullback. Uh, Adam uh, Noel for fifteen. Well, he played a lot of age age group rugby there, and I, I mean, I know when he's on the wing, he does get involved in the game. But if you can stick him at fullback and get him to see the ball a lot, okay, I can recommend it. I can recommend his pub in Penzance as well. Yeah, it's a um, terrible run with injuries. Oh, oh, let's just go back then uh, to, to the final words on uh, Quinns, and then we can let Mike out the cupboard. Owen, where did it rank in the in the a the 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 quality amongst the games you've seen, and b for the drama? For the drama, it was probably as as high as anything. Quality very high. We we, we watch the, we watch these big scoring games and, and wonder if it, if the defences were poor, but I don't think they were so much. No, no, do I? I agree. The, the 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 game that came to mind for me in terms of in terms of sheer sort of can you bloody believe it was um. That England France game at the end of the uh, 2015 Six Nations, when um, yeah. England had to score about 60 points and they got to 55, and there was five tries apiece, and mm. it was all just totally Billy Bonkers. But that that was that was quite a kind of a, a bonkers game, and it didn't matter. It wasn't the end of the world because it wasn't a knockout game. But it was a difference between coming top of the Six Nations and second. But it, it was a, it was a sort of glorious, gloriously uproarious occasion that. But I kind of felt this one had more edge and, and there was more about it. Um, so it, it, it was, it, it was you know, one of the two most entertaining games I think I've ever seen. Uh, Adam, um, Bristol, um, the way they've played this year, especially since Christmas, surely they would have been selling out Ashton Gate. You know, and, and that's something that, that is a financial um, thing that they'll never get back. Do, do you actually think that, as I do, that the players during this COVID blighted season have been absolutely astonishing with their commitment because they've lacked the the sort of support from the side. And yet those guys looked like they were playing in front of 200,000 people, such was their motivation. Well, every player I spoke to during when there was absolutely no crowds gave it the professional thing, you know, we're, yeah. we're all full-time rugby players, of course we get up for it. But actually, as soon as the crowds came back, even albeit two or 4,000, depending on what ground it was, they all said, oh, isn't it brilliant to have the fans back? You know, we can really get up for the game now. You kind sure. of didn't want to say, oh, that's not what you said to me six months ago. Bristol, where they were sixth, I think they were top of the premiership after round six. If they had been a full house there, they would have been pretty disappointed on, on Saturday. They would have been. All expected to have got to the final. Do you think Bristol will be a um, a, a lesser team next season? Because they're losing um, Ben Earl and, and Max Malins, and that's two... two pretty amazing talents to lose and Siali Piatau am I am I missing quality that's coming in but that that's quite quite a lot of a big chunk to, to be without I, I think there's three salaries there Owen that, that they can um, give to some three other good players I, I I would think that Pat will probably have things sorted and I, 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 in my opinion also Callum Sheedy I think is going to be a lion on the next tour I just thought he was absolutely Till till this forward started wavering, I thought he was absolutely absolutely brilliant. Owen, oh, um, can I just ask ask you this as well? Oh, just hang on a second. The bloody dogs in you again. <laughs> <laughs> What's the dog's name, Steve? Dougie. Dougie. Yeah, okay. Owen, oh, can I just ask you this as a final word on the Premiership? Sarries are back next year. Quins are on their way through. Um, Bristol's still got um, uh, the, obviously power left in them. Sailor advancing. And that two or three other clubs are really making big plans. Could we actually look forward to one of the great 
premierships next season, hopefully with full crowds. So great at the box office and also great on the field because there are some some really promising signs, surely. I'm with you. I have thought that what was going to happen post-COVID and clubs struggling uh, with all all the financial losses and everything, I thought we were going to see something of a separation between the the clubs with the wealthier owners who who could handle the the losses and those those who couldn't. So I I thought that that some would fall away, but that doesn't doesn't really appear to be the case. Yes, I I think it could be an amazing season. I, I really think it could. Well, we're coming to the conclusion of this season, or at least the season in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, seems to have gone on forever. We That just leaves us with God and Goddess of the Week. Uh, Adam, your choice, please. Well, mine's the God of the last 18 months, actually. I was at Saracens yesterday. What Mark McCall's done there probably eclipses what he did in winning your three European Cups and five premierships. He's managed to hold on to the guts of his team. He's respected the championship. He's done a great job. He's a great um, occasion yesterday and why well I know why he's not in the frame for any other bigger jobs he probably doesn't want him he's he's my god of the week good one Owen yeah I don't have to look far the most striking player of, of in an extraordinary game the, the man of the match I actually thought that Harlequins were really going to suffer without Mike Brown um, at the end of the season but um, who, who knows maybe his suspension did them a favour but Tyrone Green was absolutely phenomenal on Saturday. And um, he was the key driving force in, in, a, in a team that, that had him all over the place. He was amazing. So he's my, he's my God of the Week. I think that's a very good one. I have to say, I, I was thinking of the, of the same, but probably a bit, maybe a little bit boring to choose the same one. But I certainly w- would have Tyrone or probably Joe Mahler, for my God, because uh, he kept going till the end. Uh, he stayed on. At the end, he got a, 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 an advantage, a significant advantage in the scrums, got two penalties, which uh, which helped Quinn's no end. So three good ones there. Mark McCall, obviously, he's done a magnificent job. OK, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back on Monday where we'll discuss the Premiership final, the big one. We'll discuss the first Lions game. Let's hope and pray that all the Lions come through safely. It would be horrible for your Lions tour to end before you even got to South Africa. Then we'll be looking forward in more detail to the Lions tour. And it remains for me, and I think for many others, the the peak of rugby. Thank you for listening twice a week in South Africa.